It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder blowing a game to the Detroit Pistons. Who is going to step up around SGA and what this team needs to do to get back on track after a couple of losses? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by SweatBlock, we're going to be diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Detroit Pistons. SGA has another 30-point night, and only two other players crack double figures in this game. Who will step up alongside SGA moving forward with the Thunder? On today's show, it's brought to you by SweatBlock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try SweatBlock. Save 20% with the code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. So we're going to start today's recap the way we always do with the game overview. And in this game, the Thunder were without Chet Holmgren, without Alexei Pokashevsky, Without uh, Eugenio Maruri, Lindy Waters, both DNP CDs. The Thunder also did not play Isaiah Joe or Aaron Wiggins or Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. The starters for this game, SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. The five biggest minute getters for this team were SGA, J-Dub, Lou Dort, Kenny Hustle, and Josh Giddy. The big things from this game and kind of the biggest takeaways for kind of the broader sense of this game. Josh Giddy did not play the final nine minutes of this contest. And this is a, a trend that we've seen since returning from injury. He didn't play down the stretch of, uh, of the magic game. Did not play down the stretch of this game. Or just, you know, did not start the second half of the magic game, obviously. And, I wonder kind of what the what the goal of that is, so to say, or or why it is that that is happening with Josh Giddy in the overall sense of where Josh Giddy is at right now. Um, in this game, only scores nine points, two assists, six rebounds, shoots thirty three percent from the floor, zero for one from three. I think that he needs to get more aggressive going downhill at the rim, utilizing his layups more, those floaters that he gets off so well last year. But it seems like since his injury, he just has not gotten back into a groove yet. And I wonder if he's 100%, if he is healthy. 
And I also wonder kind of what the balance is between letting someone who's not in a groove play and work themselves through adversity and through these issues versus yanking them. So I, I think that that is a delicate walk that Mark will have to dance through this entire season. But him being benched and not playing again since the, about the nine-minute mark, the final nine minutes of this game, I think were interesting to, to follow through. I also think that Aaron Wiggins was not playing in this game. That, that was interesting. interesting. Uh, I think this game could have used Aaron Wiggins. I think that the Thunder uh, needed a spark in this game, and Wiggins could provide that defensively. And also, Wiggins has shown an ability to score the basketball as a cutter, as a shooter, uh, and just as another guy to try out whenever your offense fell apart in the second half. So I, I wonder if that was a planned day off for Wiggins. Uh, the, the game that neither Muscala or Kenny Hustle played um, against the Magic last week, Mark said the next day that that was a kind of a planned day off going into it where they knew that no matter what happened in the game, that those two guys weren't going to play. I wonder if it's the same sort of thing here with Wiggins not playing. Uh, but I think that Wiggins not playing and, and uh, Josh Giddy not playing the final nine minutes I think was very interesting in, in the sense of how the Thunder managed this game. But, but the big question today has to be who? Who will step up around SGA? Only two other players cracked double figures. They both had 11, Mike Muscala and Kenny Hustle. That's not going to win many games, and that's not, of course, what you want to see this young team. No matter what your opinion of this season is, if your opinion of the season is they should try to win games as much as they can, they should try their hardest, or if your opinion is uh, that it's better to lose games and increase your lottery odds, no matter what the case is, you want to see them play better than this. You want to see them perform better than this individually uh, beyond SGA. And so who is it going to be? Who is it going to be to step up? Could it be you know, Josh Kitty getting back into a groove after his injury, kind of getting back into form in the coming days? Could it be Trey Mann stepping up? And Lou Dort has to figure it out. So no matter what you view this season as and this game as, the Thunder blowing a 16-point lead to the Pistons is not great. It's a, it's, it's a learning experience for the organization and for the team. It's frustrating that they lost this game, but of course they can learn and they can grow from this. The Thunder shot... 30% from three, they shot 40% from the floor, but shot 64% from the free throw line on just 17 attempts. The Pistons shot 41% from the floor, the Pistons also shot 27% from three, and they shot 75% from the free throw line. The big difference here is the Pistons had 33 free throw attempts, and the Thunder had 17. That's a huge difference. Uh, the Pistons' biggest lead was nine points, and the Pistons also won the rebounding battle, 58-46. to, 20, to uh, 46. The glass has been an issue for OKC in these recent games. And I think that you're seeing some of that fall on Pokashevsky being out because he's not there to get rebounds himself or there to tip out rebounds to other guys and to make his presence felt that way. So... I think that it'll be interesting to see this team whenever Pokashevsky gets back and he's healthy again, whether that's Wednesday or not. I don't know. I don't know when he'll be back, but whenever that day comes, it'll be interesting to see how this team kind of looks, uh, balancing these two different spectrums that we've seen over the course of these last two weeks. Uh, but the rebounding battle, you lost fifty-eight to forty-six in OKC. Here's another big, big tipping point. So we mentioned the free throws. That's one big tipping point that tips this game in the favor of the Pistons. 
Another one is that that the Pistons had four more turnovers than OKC. They turned the ball over four more times than OKC did. And yet, the Pistons had more points off of turnovers. So, the Thunder were not cashing in whenever they did create turnovers on the offensive end. The Pistons had four more points in the paint. They uh, won the second chance points 20-14. to And a brutal second half cost the Thunder this game. Uh, This was an abnormal game for the Thunder. I know it's frustrating. I know that uh, it's a game that you feel like the Thunder should have won. But we mentioned it before that they got up 16 points. The Thunder did. And this has been statistically the best third quarter team in the NBA. Coming into this game against the Pistons, they were the best third quarter team in the NBA. And yet the third quarter is what doomed them. They lost the third quarter 36-22. They lost the fourth quarter 28-18. And that's how they lose the game. So you you play this game over again and you play this game, you know, 10 times. I think eight of them, the Thunder win because they're able to have a better third quarter. But beyond the wins and losses, beyond uh, the box score or anything else, what really sticks out is someone has to play better offensively and it can't just be SGA alone. We'll talk about how perfect SGA was and how great he played, but he needs a running mate on the offensive end. And that's not to say that um, there isn't one on this roster, but someone has to step up and play uh, and, and play that way and, and play uh, to the level that they're capable of. And we'll talk about that coming up. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. Folks, Sweatblock is incredible. If you or someone that you love struggle with sweating and odor from sweating, make sure you check out Sweatblock today by going to sweatblock.com and get 20% off with a promo code locked on. It's also available on Amazon. Uh, Sweatblock wipes work up to seven days per use. You apply them on Sunday and you'll be dry throughout the week. So it helps whenever you're given that big presentation or whenever you have any public speaking opportunities or just living your every single day life. I mean, listen, in Oklahoma, it's still kind of toasty out there right now. So make sure you check out Sweatblock because uh, so, some people just sweat uh, more than others. And so if you're someone that sweats a lot more than others, check it out today by going to sweatblock.com and using their wipes to keep you dry, whether it's you know a, a big forehead sweater or armpit sweater, whatever you sweat, you can just wipe it on and stay dry by going to sweatblock.com. Use the code locked on, 20% off uh, whenever you use the code locked on. Also, you can shop Amazon and go to sweatblock. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. 
Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow us on Twitter, at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter, at Pod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Sweatblock. We're diving into this game against the Pistons. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast for the biggest stories around sports in 30 minutes or less, going beyond the box score and behind the scenes on Lockdown Sports Today. So SGA plays incredible again. 38 minutes for him. He scores 33 points in those 38 minutes. Seven rebounds, four assists, a steal, four blocks, and just one turnover. SGA shot seven for seven from the free throw line did not attempt a single three in this game, and shot 56% from the the, uh, floor. But the Thunder just could not survive the non-SGA minutes. And SGA is still making these great plays of trusting his teammates and getting them the ball whenever they're open. And he by no means is playing hero ball. He by no means is taking over these games and looking off his teammates and just doing it all himself. He's trying to get others involved. He's trying to make the right play. He's trying to to set up the offense. But no one is rewarding him for that. Eventually, somebody has to. This is another near-perfect game. And he was, again, stellar on the defensive end. If you only look at these you know, nine games, whatever it's been, eight, nine games, and that's all you looked at, and you didn't look at the, the kind of history, and you didn't look at last year, the, you know, the, the year after that, you looked at only these nine games. That's it. SGA is playing at an MVP level if it's only based on these nine games. 30 points, four rebounds, five assists, 53% shooting. It's really 53.9, so 54% shooting from the floor. He is playing like an MVP. And while doing that, he should have even more assists per game because he's making the right reads, he's making the right calls, and his teammates just aren't there to help him. And so it's an exciting time to watch SGA play because he is playing so well and because you can see the potential, right? You can see that he's a good decision maker. You can see that he's a good passer and playmaker. You can see that as this roster gets more and more developed and also gets more and more flushed out, that Eventually, those drive those driving kicks will net more success in the future, just from internal development and also from other acquisitions. But in the moment today, of course, it's frustrating to see the Thunder play a game in which only three players scored in double figures, and one of them scored thirty-three, and then two more dropped eleven. But SGA is is nearly having a perfect season. I don't think that there's a single thing you could gripe about with SGA's year. I mean, maybe the fact that he's only taking two three-pointers a game and shooting 30% from three, but even that, like he, he's found, he's, he's founding ways to be efficient and work around the three-point shot. 
So it's been awesome to see. And really, you, know, you can make the argument that he's being too unselfish in this season. But I still think that that is creating and cultivating winning habits that will eventually pay dividends, more so than just being a straight-up ISO hero ball guy during this portion of the the team growing experience. Mike Muscala, one of the three double-digit guys, he was great. Three for seven from three, four for eight from the floor, four rebounds, 11 points, he had a block. I think that some of the action and some of the sets that he and Shea can get into offensively should make you very excited about what Chet Holmgren can do next year with this team and kind of give you just a glimpse of how you know the pick-and-pop stuff and the pick-and-roll stuff can work between Shea and uh, uh, Chet, the way that it's working between Shea and Mike Muscala. Muscala could only play 14 minutes in this game. Kenny Hustle played, uh, uh, he played 26 minutes in this game and dropped 11 points, and he just did everything. He lived up to his nickname. Kenny Hustle was able to drop 11 points, and he shot one for three from three, 62% from the floor, eight rebounds, four assists, a steal. Uh, just had the best game of his year, of his season so far, I think. I think this is the best game so far of this season for Kenny Hustle. Lou Dort, though, continued to struggle. And I still don't want to go too far with Lou Dort. I think that this is still early. It's still a small sample size. But I think that with Lou Dort, it's interesting to see how a year ago at this time, he was a fan favorite. He could do no wrong. He was was just lofted by the fan base. And now, the fan base seems very, very out on Lou Dort. Now look, if he, if he rouses off nine straight good games here in the next you know 12 games or so, then that, that perception will change. And that's where fans, you know, by nature are more game to game than just big picture. So I don't want to be too far out on Lou Dort, but look, it's not good right now. And, and in this game, he shoots 20% from the floor, one for a six from three, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block, seven points, playing 25 minutes. My biggest thing with Lou Dort, and, and the only thing that I really don't like about his, about his game so far, I think that some of the three-point shot stuff is obviously not where it wants to, where he wants it to be or where the Thunder want it to be. But the only part of his game that I think is bad right now, other than just the ball rimming out of the rim and not going down, is the the three point shots with like twenty seconds left on the, on the on the shot clock, shooting the ball for Lou Dort early in the shot clock to me is not a great thing. Like that is frustrating. That is something that he should correct. Like the Thunder should be working more into the offense than having Lou Dort shoot a three with twenty seconds left on the shot clock. Other than that, though, it's tough to to say what you would want him to change because he has gotten better as a rim decision maker. Sure, still makes some mistakes on, on drives, but overall, he's gotten better as a, as a decision maker when driving to the rim, uh, able to make better passes off of uh, his drives, find his teammates cutting back door with him. Like he, He's done everything well, and the three-point shot's just not falling right now. And as Mark pointed out, I mean, it's it's terrible right now, right? I mean, he's not shooting the ball good at all. But if a couple of these shots fell and his percentage went from 19% from three 
And, you know, if, if a couple of them fell and they went up to 30% from three, it'd be a totally different story of how we're kind of viewing a season. But I just get so... The only thing that really frustrates me about a season so far, again, it's just shooting early on in the in the uh, in the shot clock. And I don't know what the deal is with Lou Dort's shot. I don't think that it's this bad though. Like I, I don't know what needs to change, or if it's just simply a cold, like a a, a blistering cold streak. But when you look at Lou Dort's jumper, it's never been this bad. It's been bad before, but never this bad. And it's not even good in the corner. Which is an area in which he's typically shot really good from. Like typically in his career, Lou Dort shoots like 44% from the corner. And this year, even the corner three is not falling. So I'm not sure what he needs to do to get it to get it falling and get it right. But clearly, uh, this just is not working right now for Lou Dort offensively. Still playing good defense, still playing well on that end of the floor, as we know that he can as an, on, as, as an on-ball defender. But almost nothing else is going his way. So we'll see how he continues to fight through that adversity and eventually break through. And, and the, the disheartening part so far has been there's been little moments here and there where it feels like, okay, that's going to be the shot. That's going to be the moment that gets him out of this funk. That's going to be the, the, the turning point. And the turning point just has not came yet. And so I'm interested to see kind of what, what his season looks like the rest of the way. Coming up, though, we'll talk more about this game, including talking about Darius Baisley. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is the best place for you to bet on sports. Go there right now to their sport book, betonline.net. And you can bet on everything. Football, both pro and college. Basketball, both pro and college. Hockey, golf, MMA, boxing, UFC, even baseball. If you want to bet on future odds for baseball, like where Aaron Judge will sign in the uh, free agency period. But sticking to basketball, the odds are out for tomorrow's game against the Bucks. The Thunder are seven-point underdogs at home against the, the Milwaukee Bucks. You can bet on that right now, and, and you can also bet on who you think the next fired head coach will be in the NBA by going to betonline.net right now. For the latest odds, news, and scores, go right now to betonline.net, and you can have yourself a look at some of the best odds, sports, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. 
We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LL Thunderpod. And also, thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. Lockdown Sports Today will have you covered this year from beyond the box score and behind the scenes on all of the biggest stories from around every sport in 30 minutes or less every single day. Check it out today, Locked on Sports today. So, Trey Mann, interesting game from him. Three three for six from three, and it was a really hot start. He, I think he nailed his first two threes that he, that he took. But 0 for four inside the arc, only nine points, five rebounds, three assists, a steal, and three turnovers. He is supposed to be your offensive force whenever SGA is not on the floor, and I really want to see him get going offensively. I also think that Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara needs more touches offensively. Three for six in this game, six points in the, over the course of 30 minutes. Over the course of 30 minutes, he only got six attempts shooting and two assists offensively. I think he needs to be more involved in the offense because he can do so many things. As a playmaker, as we saw in the, in the preseason, as a cutter, as a, as a shooter, I think that he can do so much that he needs to be more involved offensively. But J-Dub also got a block and two rebounds. And then we're going to finish this with talking about Darius Baisley. Baisley in this game played 19 minutes, had two blocks, three steals, three assists, four rebounds, and eight points. I think that Baisley actually played well in this game. Uh, I think that what happened, though, and what what the downside was for Baisley is when things started to go south in the third quarter, and we're talking about how the Thunder needed somebody to step up on the offensive end besides Shea. It felt like Baisley took a lot of that upon himself. And that's where he started to play a little bit outside of himself on the offensive end. He was taking those spinning, just awkward mid-range jumpers, trying to just do way too much. And for some reason, he thought that he could bully Isaiah Stewart in this game. Like some For some reason, he liked that matchup for himself. It just, that was the only negative part of his game. He, he made a huge impact defensively. He made a really nice impact in the flow of the offense until... He started to try to look for his shot more and try to and try to kind of will the the offense back on his own. That's just not who he is. That's not the type of player he is, in my opinion. So whenever he starts to do those things, it looks bad. And then you have those that that large portion of the of the fan base who's already kind of put their stamp on him not being a good player, kind of come out of the woodwork. So it was a tough game for him in that sense of trying to do too much down the stretch of this game. But overall, I thought he played well. The bet of the day was OKC minus two and a half, and that was another loss for OKC uh, against the spread. MVP of this game, of course, was SGA. Uh, but Mike Muscala deserves credit for as, as good as he's played as well. On tomorrow's show, we're going to do a mailback episode answering your questions about the Oklahoma City Thunder. And then on Thursday's show... We're going to recap the game against the Milwaukee Bucks and talk all about how that game went down. And then Friday, we'll talk some NBA draft, talk some college basketball, and kind of reset the week and the weekend ahead for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, so subscribe to Lockdown Thunder wherever you get your podcast from. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.